It's time for the truth, and you know you deserve to hear it. Are you ready to hear about world news without the politically correct spin? Are you ready to listen to important national issues that affect you? Are you looking for that extra piece of information to get a deeper look into what is going on in this world? Then stay tuned because the conservative voice is about to begin. And here's your host, Alex Molusky. Welcome to the show. I am your host, Alex Molusky. Grateful to be here. Grateful to have you here listening in. We have so, so much to cover on the show. But number one, the first thing I want to say is happy Mother's Day to all of the mothers out there. How precious you are, how wonderful you are, how blessed I have been in this world to actually have two mothers that love me. Yes, two mothers that nurtured me. Um, My mother for the last 51 years of this life, of this wonderful life, has been the wonderful, nurturing, loving, wise Valerie Molusky, Valerie McCarthy, she started off in life. And of course, my Nancy Jean Wakefield, Nancy Molusky, who was my stepmother for my life past the age of five. And it was as good and gracious and loving as any mother could have ever been. Um, may she rest in peace. How strong of a man I am in life, in the world, for having two loving mothers. Man, how strong you can be when you're loved, when you know you're loved, when you know that somebody cares about you, that is helping and working to make you the most intelligent, strong, healthy human being you can possibly be out there. Grounded, morally grounded. Wow. They did a positive number on me and you deserve at least your day. But I'll tell you what, Every other day is Mother's Day to me, too. I'd also like to wish my sister a happy birthday. Yes, Saturday, May 11th is her birthday. And yes, she is a mother, too. A wonderful mother. Um, I think she tried to boss me around like (laughs) she was my mom when I was growing up. But always good to me. Always felt the love and knew I was loved by family. So happy Mother's Day. Uh, You might notice if you're watching on the show that, well, I'm not in San Diego this week and the sound quality should probably be a little better, including the lighting and everything else. But yes, I'm back in my office. But guess what? Next week, next week, I'm going to D.C. Why? Well, a bunch of reasons. I want to check the swamp out. No, I'm not going to be staying at the Trump Hotel even though I'd kind of like to, you know what I mean? Uh, but I already had pre-planned places where I'm staying. I've got meetings on the weekend uh, in the D.C. area, but I'm heading to D.C. next week. I had meetings planned, but I'm taking advantage of this time and this trip. I don't like going back and forth just for the heck of it, folks. But we've got a lot to talk about, a lot to talk about. I'm going to be meeting with some congressmen. Uh, I also, on the show, want to talk about congressional wages. I want to talk about how some people are talking about America never really being that great. I beg to differ. But first, I want to get into why I'm going to D.C. this week. 
Very importantly, folks, there are two causes that are near and dear to my heart. Uh, probably the nearest and dearest one to me with a very personal, personal connection to it is my contract with America's veterans and their families. Uh, I'm not going to, well, I'm going to go into a little bit of it, but I'm not going to go into a full, full uh, account of it. But I encourage you to go check out Contract with America's Veterans and Their Families at a very simple, short website, cav.vet. That's C-A-V, you get it, Contract with America's Veterans, .vet. It was the shortest website I could come up with, easy for you to remember. Just go to it, check it out. If you are so obliged, uh, I would be eternally grateful and feel very blessed if you donated to Contract with America's Veterans and Their Families because guess what? We are a non-duplicitous, meaning we do not do anything that another group is already doing out there with our veterans and their families. Uh, we have a overhead, which is, well, zero. Yeah, uh, we're funded by donations. Yes, we are. We're a 501c3 completely, but we don't waste our money. Uh, guess who pays for the flight out to D.C.? I do, with my own money. And I'm moving in with another, you know, expense a real expense somewhere else. So CAB doesn't have to pay for it. Uh, with a contract with America's veterans and their families being a 501c3, a small portion of our time and funds and money is allowed to be used not for educational, but for educating or outreaching and reaching out to uh, our congressmen, our representatives, DC people. So that's what I'm doing. Uh, haven't been out there in a while, but I'm going to go hit up every uh, friend that I have in D.C. that uh, wants to meet with me, and I'm going to encourage them to take the contract, look at it, and sign it in support of our veterans and their families. It is so important that our leadership take the lead on this, that they stand up and they stand firmly on the ground in support of our veterans. I... I I, I find it hard, hard to believe, and I always have, that we borrow the best, the brightest, the strongest, I should say, without a doubt, the bravest of those that would serve our country, that would stand up for what is great about America and defend the rights, our God-given rights against those who try to take them away from us that they would come home after service to this great nation, be in need of something specifically, particularly that is in relation to their services to this country, where they might have been damaged a little bit, where they might have been scuffed up a little bit, where they might have some need of healing. And then we, as a grateful nation, do nothing. Stand by the side and just say, hey, we'll deal with it. Not acceptable, never acceptable. And as they said, as goes Caesar's legions, as goes Rome. I mentioned it before that thousands of years later, our first president, our first commander in chief, our first great general George Washington, when he realized after 
fighting in our wars of independence, leading these courageous patriots into battle and seeing firsthand what lack of support would do to our veterans, he made a very, very big point to those in service and those veterans that they will see future generations how you've treated the previous generations. And I'll tell you what, we're not going to get the brightest, the bravest, those that are willing to go into battle with very little question. Very little question meaning if they see that their predecessors have been mistreated, they may not be so quick to jump into battle for this great country because this country would not be as great as it could be. And it's amazing because we are already still, we have been, we still are, in my humble opinion, the greatest country on God's green earth. I don't care what Peter Buttigieg says. We've always been great. But it is our duty, our allegiance to this flag, as those others that have sworn their allegiance to this flag, it is our civic duty, our moral duty, our God-given duty to make sure that our brothers and sisters that have worn the uniform, that have put that flag on their shoulders and have charged into battle for our rights are given the same due respect. So I'm going to Washington, D.C. Mr. Molusky goes to D.C. I'm going as a representative for all those that have represented me, all those that have gone into battle for me and my family. I'm going for my grandfather. I'm going for my uncle. I'm going for my cousins. I'm going for all of them. I'm going for what this country represents and what they did to secure what this country represents. I'm going so they don't have to. This is my battle. I want you to join me in it, but this is my battle. Anyway, that's that on that. I'm going to talk about the fair tax in just a moment, but I've got some other friends that are going to D.C. too. Just got a call from my friend Elizabeth Singleton the other day, just yesterday, I guess. And we talked about it, talked about it early this morning. But have you heard buildushope.org? She just met with the secretary of HUD. She met with Ben Carson last week, or was it two weeks ago when he was in Arizona? They want her to go to D.C., and she's going there. She's going there at the end of May, and they're going to be on display the 2019 inaugural Innovative Housing Showcase. She's going to be there on the National Mall in D.C. displaying the tiny homes that she's built, that she's building right now, from June 1st to June 5th. This would be a great way to be able to house our veterans in need of housing. Inexpensive, affordable, but guess what? They need to get two of their homes to D.C. They need to get their display. They need to get front porches for the entrance. They need to get a handicap ramp for accessibility. And they have a lot of this build, and they're building out, and they've raised funds. But 
they still need to raise another $25,000 to get there. I'm going to be helping them with the printing uh, of the educational materials. Uh, so I'm doing my part and I'm also putting on the air. Here's my plea to you. Here's my ask from you. Can you give them some money? Can you help them out? It's buildushope.org, but also a huge, huge, huge expense for them is to get a truck filled to D.C. and unloaded, loaded and unloaded. It might be an $18,000 cost, a major portion of it. I'm calling on a trucking company to reach out to me at alexacab.vet. Let me put you in contact. I will put you on as a sponsor of my show for a month for free and talk about you. All right? I'm going to go to break. I'm going to come back. I'm going to continue that. Stay tuned. Don't touch that dial. Alex will be right back. You're listening to The Alex Molesky Show. Welcome back to the show. I am your host, Alex Molesky, returning for more fun, right? I promised my friend Elizabeth I was going to talk about her needs for her group for buildushope.org for at least five minutes on my show. I talked about Cav. She is going to Washington, D.C., at the end of this month, yes, the end of May, her group, buildushope.org, is a 501c3, and they've been invited to showcase their veteran tiny home model at the upcoming U.S. Department of Housing and Urban Development. Yes, met with Ben Carson. She wants them out there. She, uh, they asked for her to come out there with her group. They're an Arizona-based group doing phenomenal work. They're... Um, it's Build Us Hope. They're building the first sustainable tiny home community for veterans in partnership with ASU, Epics, and Greenlight Solutions in Maricopa County. Um, they have been invited uh, by city leaders and other people, Councilman Sal DeCicio, who's done a lot of great work, and Ben Carson wants them in D.C. Well, here's the problem. They build their homes. They do all that. They get that. They get some funding, and they, they, they get make things work. But... It is, it is expensive to get this out to D.C. They've already got their 10 by 10 booth built. Uh, They're working on their homes. They're not asking for that. They're working on their front porch entrance they've got to build for this display. They're going to be able to reuse some of these things. But the shipping cost to get them out to D.C. and then back after done is a cost of $18,000. They're still about $25,000 short for this whole venture. I'm hoping with my printing costs that I'm going to be able to do for them that I might be able to save them about a thousand. Um, you know, what a great idea. I mean, first of all, we have so many empty homes in the United States of America that we could house all of our veterans easily in these homes. But tiny homes, these communities, self-sustaining tiny homes are very affordable. It would give these veterans that are in need of a place an inexpensive uh, a small private place, their place. That's what's key. It's their place and one that cannot, uh, that can easily be afforded and a community. Think about that, a veteran community. Um, veterans seem to like hanging out with veterans and for good reason. They get each other. They get the good, they get the bad and you know what? They're kind of more chill with one another. You know what I'm saying? I mean that in a great way. It's a brotherhood, you know? 
I get together and I talk with people about taxation or whatever, or whatever battles I've gone through in life, you know, it's a support group. It's a cool group. And buildushope.org is a phenomenal group. They get it. They get that it's, 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 well, as my contract with America's veterans and their families, they get that it's our job to, you know, cover our veterans' backs now and their families. They sacrifice. Let us do something. So please, if you have a friend that has a trucking company, we're looking to get, get this, an 8-foot by 32-foot tiny home and also an 8-foot by 24-foot. So you know we're going to need two trailers. That's why it's so expensive. At least two trailers. Let's see. Uh 40-foot trailers, yeah, because an 8-foot by 32-foot will fit it, will fit in, or I get, I know they can get picked up and moved, but we're going to need a truck to move that. We're going to need a truck to move the 8 by 24, so probably three. And then a smaller truck, 20-foot or 30-foot truck uh, trailer to handle the porch, uh, the ramps, the uh, decor, the 10 by 10 booth, educational materials, landscaping and greenery. We need, we need some help. And you know what? You might be a, an independent trucker. I wonder if you could get this as a write-off. Yeah. Or the lend of your truck. Uh, maybe you are uh, working for a trucking company and you know you go to D.C. and you know there are often empty loads. They might be able to get stuff earlier for that load. Or, you know, maybe you are just an independent owner. You own or the boss or one of the top bosses at a trucking company and you're willing to lend a hand for our veterans. I encourage you to please reach out. Go to buildushope.org. Please go to buildushope.org. You can also contact me at alexatcab.vet or you can call Elizabeth at 602-760-7417. That's 602-760-7417. Check out her website. That's buildushope.org, buildushope.org. Or as I mentioned before, just reach out to me, alexatcab.vet. Alex at cab.vet, and I will set you up. I will get you in contact. Um, all right. How much time we have in this segment? A little bit. A little bit. I'm going to talk about, uh, well, Peter Buttigieg in just a moment, maybe in the next segment, but I want to talk about my secondary reason for going to Washington, D.C. And I actually have three or four or five reasons, but I want to get in touch with my tax friends. I want to get in touch with the movers and shakers in D.C. to see what's going on. And a lot of policy wonks that we're going to be there for. We're going to be strategizing, talking, listening for everything that's going on that handles the three-legged stool of Ronald Reagan's principled government, which is a strong national defense, a strong family values, and also fiscal responsibility. All three of those are imperative. Without the other, the other two legs of the stool will, well, fall over. So without strong morals... Without strong fiscal conservatism and without a strong national defense, say goodbye. Uh, so I'm going to be there for all those reasons. But one of the reasons I'm meeting with my congressman, and it's really easy, I've only asked for two minutes to talk about CAB. I'm going to hand him the contract and say, look at this, read this, understand why you need to support it, get back to me. I want a yes or a no. Real easy. Real easy. My secondary reason for my meeting with them before we get into just chat chat time is three minutes. 
three minutes on the fair tax. Why do I need only three minutes? Because it's simple. It is a constitutionally allowable tax. That is before we had our 16th Amendment put in. It wasn't me that came up with it. It wasn't anybody else in the last couple of hundred years that's come up with it. It's some men and influence, I'm sure from women somewhere, uh, that came up with it years ago, many years ago. And I've talked about it numerous times on this show. If you can tell me some brighter men at that time, I'm sure Jefferson and Adams are included and some other great guys, but Franklin and Madison, that's some brain power right there, folks. When Madison was trying to discuss with, Jeff, uh, with, with, with Franklin about taxation, it was a very simple conversation. I don't know which man said it, but I'd imagine it was as they were throwing out ideas, as they were being oppressed by the oligarchy, by the, uh, by the, the, the kingdom, fiefdom, the king of England and the taxation from those that were not representing them, they said, hey, uh, we can't tax the people with a direct tax, with a direct income tax. Uh, but if we were ever to do so, it should be with a, a, uh, an excise tax, a sales tax. So not income, but a sales. Now, why is the reason for this? It's very easy. It's the moral reason to do it. You should never, ever tax somebody upon the fruits of their labor without their consent. It should always be upon a free will. So why should all Congress support the fair tax? the sales tax, it might be tough, but it's the right thing to do. You're listening to The Alex Molesky Show. All right, folks, welcome back to the show. I am your host, Alex Molusky, and I'm looking at my computer screen and the camera. Isn't that nice? And that camera. Pete Buttigieg. Wow, you're special. He says America was never that great. Okay, Peter, who's greater? Who sets a better example of giving us our freedoms, our liberties, and our abilities to actually pursue a real dream? One of one that 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 by nature we would want, one that is not oppressed, one that is not constricted, conflicted, or abused. He's a Democratic presidential candidate, contender, as you might know, but he's joined the ranks. But he was telling supporters in South Carolina just this week, just this past week, that America was never as great as advertised. Really? Um, he also argued that President Trump's message has never been advisable or feasible when that past that he is promising to return to us was never as great as advertised, especially for marginalized America. Really. There's no way to go back anyway. Nobody asked us to go back. Nobody asked us to go backwards. Not backwards in our thinking. We're always moving forwards, folks. You can't stop that anyway. But you realize and to understand the foundation, the bedrock upon what this principled form of a republic is 
is is is placed on that is imperative to understanding how great America is, how great the idea is. It is just up to us, and the burden falls 100% upon our shoulders, Mr. Buttigieg, to keep that republic, to keep that greatness. It was given to us, as many have thought, with divine intervention for our founding documents, but it was given to us with great, great, great sacrifice. America was never great. People died for this idea. People gave up great fortune and completely destroyed reputations. The three things that can do in a person, that can destroy them, cripple them, reputation, wealth, and life. Yet our founders did this selflessly because they understood they would not be oppressed, could not be oppressed, wanted to find a better form of government. And in my mind, an almost perfect one, unfortunately, which sometimes can be convoluted by others and destroyed. Mr. Buttigieg, America has always been great. Always. It is our job as free citizens to keep it that way. So you, sir, you can move on. You can do your own thing. You can remain a marginal player in this presidential election cycle. But I would encourage you, sir, to pay attention and actually read the Constitution. Realize the freedoms that it allows you here in this great country to actually run for office to actually not be under a different form of law, maybe in some other country where as a gay man you would be killed or completely marginalized. No, you're allowed to get up there and speak with our First Amendment, with your weak rantings. Your opinion is dirt in my mind. Oh, and maybe I should go sidetrack a little bit. One of your fellow candidates for... President of the United States and the Republican Party, Senator Cory Booker, well, he doesn't think it's a right for us to have a Second Amendment to bear arms. Sir, he said it was a privilege, not a right. Sir, you're wrong too. It is our right to bear arms. It is 100% our right to bear arms should we desire to do so. And you know what? It is a privilege. It's a privilege to live under a rule of law which recognizes this. Yeah. Yeah, you can go to a country maybe in South America where they're offering buybacks of your guns. Speaking to my friend uh, Julio the other day and we were talking about, I think it was in Ecuador, they're buying back guns. Yeah. <sighs> Folks, if you haven't, read our Constitution. Send a copy to your representatives, please, if you think that they're not or ones that you might be in a district with where you think they're not. They need to read it. They need to read it. We're going to come back right after these messages. Got a good message. Got a good one to cover now. Stay tuned.
Stay tuned for more with Alex. You're listening to The Alex Molesky Show. Welcome back to the show. Talked about a lot today. Talked about how uh, Peter Buttigieg, one of the candidates for President of the United States, just doesn't get that America has always been great. He thinks it isn't as great as it used to be and never really was that great. Sir, the idea of the United States of America is one of the most brilliant ideas of all time. Yes, all time. You are fortunate. You are privileged to have been born in this country if you have been. Don't ever take that for granted, folks. Don't ever. If you do, look over to some other countries and see how those folks are living. Actually, talk to somebody who's come to America, who's become a citizen, who has immigrated here and become a citizen of the United States of America. Ask them why. We have it so great here. They may understand it better because they weren't born into it and they may have suffered somewhere else first before getting to this great land, this great republic. Anyway, I'm going to move on. Uh, I'm going to D.C. next week. I'm going to be talking about the fair tax. I'm going to be talking about um, contract with America's veterans and their families. I encourage you, I implore you to reach out to your representative in the state of Arizona or any other state for that matter, but because I am the fair tax state director in Arizona for the fair tax, reach out to them for that. But any of your representatives, I'll be in town next week. I will stop by their offices if they so request a meeting. I'm stopping by supporters of contract with America's veterans and their families. And I'm going to be encouraging representatives to sign on to that contract. I'm going to be uh, uh, asking the meetings that I have with the fair tax uh uh, folks or folks that will hopefully sign on to that to get involved, to support the fair tax. Uh, both constitutional things and both things that our founders had asked for. Uh, constitutional taxes, if so, if we would have it to allow the freedoms and the liberties that have been given to us and also to secure those blessings of liberty uh, by supporting our veterans and their families. So please, please, please reach out to them. Look up their number, call them, email them, say, hey, Alex Molesky is going to be in town. Would you meet with him? And then CC me, Alex at cab.vet. Seriously. Anyway, I'm moving on. Here's one that just really, really got me going today when I was reading about it. Uh, did not know that Steny Hoyer, the House Majority Leader, advocated for a cost of living pay raise to lawmakers' salaries. Yeah. You know, they've been frozen for a decade. Uh, he put the idea out earlier this March. Somebody had mentioned it to me. I just hadn't followed up on it. And he asked for it again just this past Thursday. It's like, why do you need more money, buddy? He said, it's time to address the issue of member and staff pay and benefits. Really? Okay, he started this committee in January. They were tasked to help modernize the legislative branch. They want to develop recommendations on a various number of issues, uh, schedules, procedure technology. I'm for that. And staff retention and compensation. Folks, he said that raising congressional salaries would help ensure that people are not wealthy, that are not wealthy, can also serve in Congress. I know how much these guys get. 
I know there's a cost of rent, childcare, and other necessities, and they've risen in Washington, D.C. Folks, you can budget, you can find good deals. I have seen rentals in Washington, D.C. for apartments very close to the congressional offices, folks. They cost money, but they're not incredibly expensive. And here's the thing. I'm just going to stop this right in its tracks, if I may. When was it ever supposed to be easy? When was it ever supposed to be easy and lucrative to serve as a representative of the people? Did you ever miss the point where it was supposed to be considered maybe a hardship in some senses to serve? It wasn't supposed to be a big payday. I mean, come on. Alexandria Cortez, you're making what, 150, 30, 70? I don't know how much you make. Actually, the paper has it right here. I'm going to go into my papers. I know I have it down here. She actually complained about it. She went back and forth with some people. What is it? Rank and file members of Congress earn $174,000 a year annually. That's not chump change, folks. Now, I understand. I've made some money in my life. I understand what it might cost you, especially if you were somebody making a higher wage and then you had to add to your expenses. Well, consider that before you run. Also, you know what? If I had to sacrifice, if I were so blessed to be able to represent the people here in the great state of Arizona and I couldn't afford it, well, you know what? Maybe I'd sell my house here or maybe I'd rent it out and buy a smaller place in Arizona to go back to. But I'd throw these calculations into all of it as I work things out. And folks, again, it's not that expensive. It's not that expensive. You figure it out. You really do. You budget. Hey, how's that? How's that for a novel idea? Anybody here in listening land and radio land ever have to budget? Good gosh. I do all the time. I know it's tough. But I have to budget stuff. I have to pick and choose to see what I want to do. Probably the most expensive decision I ever made was to run for political office. Oh, gosh, that was painful. Not running for office, but the expenses. As somebody who was, came out of nowhere, I didn't have a lot of support. I get it. You know, I ran against John McCain. The man had all the support he needed. But I didn't generate a lot of, you know, a lot of financial support. It was very tough, so I had to put a lot of my own money, put my money where my mouth is, and I did. I did. I'd like to see anybody else that, out there who's run, who's put as much money as I ha have based upon what I actually have. So, uh, but you know what? That's not a complaint. I'm just saying I'm wondering who else has done that. And I know they're out there. And you know what? Anybody who really wants to moan and complain about it, get over it very quickly because I'll remind you, I'll remind you, members of Congress, members that might want a pay raise like Steny Hoyer, and many don't, folks. Many understand that, hey, we'll make it work. They make it work. But I'll remind you, uh, again, as I mentioned earlier, risk life and limb, reputation and great fortune. My dear friend, Craig Bergman, who's been on the show before, is direct descendant seventh generation removed of Robert Morris. Robert Morris was one of the signers of the declaration in the, uh, actually, I think he was the 
only signer of the three uh, founding documents, uh, which I have up on my wall right there, copies. Check it out. I might have to show you. Uh, he risked life, his reputation. Anybody who was signing that declaration was risking their reputation, risking life and limb. But he was one of the major fundings of our American Revolution. He was the wealthiest, at the time, the wealthiest common-born, uh, non-nobility-born non uh, citizen of this world to no known date. So that's pretty amazing. Uh, he was the man who was able to give us our Navy. John Paul Jones did not have a uh, ships. It was Robert Morris's ships with all of his cannons. The man had the largest ever known uh, uh, weaponry. Uh, what's the word I'm trying to find? Uh, not uh, arsenal ever of a private citizen in human history known. So uh, that's one of our founders, and he gave up a lot. So you know what? I think he'd have something to say about people getting a raise. Uh, the funny thing is this, this, this person who I believe is wacky is all get out, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, tweeted uh, in March that members of Congress often vote to cut or keep their allowances low. It's a superficial gesture, gesture BC, meaning because, keeping congressional pay low is what creates the desperation plus impetus for good experienced staff to flee to lobbyist jobs. No, folks, they flee to lobbyist jobs because they're pushing and probably cushioning up their resume at first. They either work on the Hill uh, as, as staffers because they love it, they love politics, they love the candidate, they're into it, or it is a resume builder. I don't blame them for that, but they move on because they're not supposed to be high paying jobs. Who do you think really runs D.C.? Do you think it's the representatives or maybe the staffers? Yeah. We don't need everybody in there for life, folks. We need new ideas. We need people that aren't grifting the system, taking advantage of it. But she said that raising staffer pay helps get money out of politics. I don't know. But you know what? I don't think that's the answer, Alexandria. And she said also, this is the thing that gets me. Oh, like it's an afterthought? Same with member pay. Members are paid more than average, but the job requires two residences. And we can't take tax deductions for work costs. No, you can't. She said no one wants to be the one to bring up increases. So instead of people taking people take advantage of insider trading loopholes and don't close them for the extra cash. I know there are insider, you know, you know, loopholes. And uh, thank you, Seth Franzman who's an opinion editor for the Jerusalem Post who brought this one to my attention. Um, he said, you know what? Member pay still puts them in the top 2% salary in the U.S., even with the additional cost of two residences. Folks, I've looked. I've looked in D.C. because I've considered getting a second location there, close to the Hill. Not as a lobbyist, just because I'm there enough. Thought about it. Thought about it. Thought about it. Alexandria? It's very doable, and I'll get you. I'll tell you one thing. It's not supposed to be a career choice. You're not supposed to go in there for a career. You're supposed to go in there and serve. Get your good ideas out there, and if it doesn't take hold, get out. Man, I would love to see more self-terming limits. 
I know when I said I ran for U.S. Senate, my plan was only to run for two terms. Nobody likes to be a lame duck, so you don't often mention that stuff. But that was my plan. I don't want to be a representative in Congress for the rest of my life. I'm still planning on running. People know it. They've heard it on my show. I've mentioned it before. I'm not running in the 2020 cycle. I've mentioned it. I actually got to call somebody back up who wanted me to potentially to run for something. Uh, good conservative uh, wanted me to run, but I have to let them know it's not my plan in 2020. I'm backing my congressman, David Schweikert, who's running in CD6 again. Uh, you know, he's been there for eight or 10 years. I've uh, done a pretty solid job. Like I've said to people, why run against somebody who's good? who holds most of your ideals and ideas and ideologies. Uh, no, I go after folks that I think make poor policy. I go after folks that I think don't have the right best interests of the people in mind. No, look me in 2022. You can reach out to me if you really are so interested to know what I'm thinking. But no, no pay raises. Sorry, Mr. Hoyer. No, Steny Hoyer. Get with it. Get real. How long have you been in office, Denny Hoyer? Yeah. Go home. Work in the private sector. Folks, you're not going to know what's going on unless you work in the private sector. You're not going to know what the people really need unless you've been in the private sector. Stop sucking out of the swamp. You're drinking murky, muddy water and you really don't get it. We can see it by all the people that are running for office that thinks socialism is the great wave of the United States of America, when any idiot who studied history knows that socialism has destroyed our country. Now, 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 don't, don't be one of those people who says, well, Alex, social, pro no, I'm not talking about social programs. Some of them work. Many of them don't need to be revamped. I'm talking about socialism, where everybody puts all their money into a pot and then divides it back out. It doesn't work. Read about our pilgrims, our original pilgrims that came to this country, and you'll see what happened after their first winter of failure. Anyway, I'm done ranting. I hope you've enjoyed my opinion-based, facts-backed show. I'm always appreciative for all my listeners, all you mothers out there. Again, happy Mother's Day. Thank you for all of your nurturing. Thank you for the blessings I've received from my mothers and how blessed I am to have had them in this lifetime. God bless you all, and God bless the United States of America. Join us again next week for more national discussion with your host, Alex Molesky.